It's 521-21, though if this were England, it would be 21-5-21. Stated more clearly, it is May 21st, 2021, with the year being also known as 2021. Either way, these numbers fall. This is the relevant edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it is quite possible your current numbers will be different. You most certainly do not have the name Sean Tubbs, but if you do, let me ask, are you the host of Charlottesville Community Engagement? On today's show, catching up with some older items in Albemarle County, the Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee considers a neighborhood proposal much less dense than it had been. The Places 29 North Community Advisory Committee does the same thing. And Charlottesville City Manager Chip Boyles continues to fill key positions. In today's Substack-fueled shout-out, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit the Code for Charlottesville website to learn more, including details on three projects that are underway. Three months after becoming city manager, much of Chip Boyle's leadership team is now in place. This week, Boyles announced the hiring of Sam Sanders as Deputy City Manager of Operations. For the past 15 years, Sanders has been the Executive Director of the Mid-City Redevelopment Alliance near Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, he'll be bringing some uh, extensive knowledge in the areas of affordable housing, community development, as well as small business development. Sanders begins work on July 12th. Among other things, he'll oversee the Departments of Neighborhood Development Services, Parks and Recreation, and Public Works. Ashley Marshall began work as the Deputy City Manager of Racial Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion on May 10th. Among other things, that position oversees the Office of Human Rights and the Police Civilian Review Board, as well as the Human Services Department. Earlier this month, Lisa Robertson was named as City Attorney, removing the acting in front of the position. Robertson served as Deputy City Attorney from 1994 to 2006, when she became Administrator of Madison County. She returned to Charlottesville in 2013 to once again be the Deputy City Attorney. Now, she's the first woman to hold the City Attorney's position. City Councilor Lloyd Snook offered some words shortly before her appointment was confirmed by Council on May 3rd. Anybody who has uh, seen Lisa in action over the last couple of years, in particular, and all of the, the statue litigation cannot help but be impressed and uh, recognize and cannot help but recognize that we have someone already here, already known to us, who is an excellent city attorney and will be an excellent permanent city attorney. Another top job waiting to be filled is the Director of Neighborhood Development Services. The Fitch Ratings Agency has downgraded the creditworthiness of the company that owns Fashion Square Mall in Albemarle County. The Washington Prime Group is now listed as RD for Restricted Default. That's down from C, which brings it one step above default. Washington Prime missed an interest payment in February, triggering speculation the company will enter bankruptcy. Here's a news release. Fitch believes that the only resolution of the company's capital structure is through a near-term restructuring event or a potential bankruptcy filing. 
The former JCPenney has been the site of a mass vaccination center operated by the Blue Ridge Health District, but that use will stop by the end of June, according to the Daily Progress. At the May 10, 2021 edition of the Village of Ravana Community Advisory Committee, Southern Development held a community meeting for a reduced version of their Breezy Hill development in eastern Albemarle along US 250. The property is within a growth area and has been since December of 1989. At the time, the expected density was 1.3 units per acre, but that increased to 3 to 6 units in the 1996 comprehensive plan. Since then, many nearby residents have spoken out against rezonings at that higher level. Last summer, Breezy Hill was a proposal for 160 units on about 84 acres. The Planning Commission recommended denial of that proposal last July, followed by another denial in November when the project was reduced to 130 units. Charlie Armstrong described the new proposal to committee members on May 10th. We are proposing uh, R1 zoning for this property. It is the, the lowest conventional zoning district that Albemarle has in its zoning ordinance. Armstrong said they will add a maximum residential density of 80 lots before the plan goes to the Albemarle Planning Commission. Members of the committee wanted Armstrong to remove a proposed road that leads to Running Deer Road or to depict it as emergency access only. The Virginia Department of Transportation requires a second entrance to plan subdivisions that have more than 50 units. Here's Dennis Udenoff. Running Deer is not really a road within the development area. Half of it is and half of it isn't. And so we're saying there should be an exception there. Armstrong said he would consider making a request for an exemption from VDOT, but that county staff favor the road, and it is called for in the Village of Rivanna Master Plan. The next step for the reduced proposal is for the Albemarle Planning Commission at some point to hear it in the near future. Later that week, the Places 29 North Community Advisory Committee got a first look at a second submittal of the RST Residences, an apartment and townhome complex proposed at the site of a recently closed mobile home park adjacent to the Forest Lakes neighborhood. On March 2nd, the Forest Lakes Community Association dominated the project's public hearing before the Albemarle Planning Commission, leading to a deferral. Andy Reitenbach is an Albemarle County planner who reminded the Places 29 North Committee that the RST project is intended to be on about 19 acres of land. The applicant is uh, requesting that the property be rezoned from its current uh, zoning of R1 residential, which allows one dwelling unit per acre, to PRD planned residential development, which allows for up to 34 dwelling units per acre. Um, and in the Places 29 master plan, this property is designated as urban density residential and privately owned open space. Most is urban density residential, and then there is a narrow strip along Route 29 that's designated as the open space. Valerie Long is an attorney with Williams Mullen, who said the project has the same basic alignment of the original plan, but there are changes. The number of total dwelling units has been reduced from 370 to 340 units. One building close to the Ashwood subdivision has had one story removed in order to fit closer with the scale of its neighbors. We also have enhanced buffers and screening on site. Um, it was always the intention uh, to retain the berm along Ashwood Boulevard, 
but we recognized after the planning commission meeting that we clearly had not highlighted that enough. So we want to reiterate that that berm will be preserved. Long said the plans now clearly state that the affordability goals will exceed the county's current requirements for some units to be made available at below market rates. That currently means that 15% of the units must be rented or sold to households with annual incomes of 80% below the area median income. This project goes a little further than that. 75% of the apartment units within the project will be affordable for a 30-year period. Um, The average level of affordability would be uh, to those making 60% of the area median income. Members of the CAC had the opportunity to ask questions about the project. You can watch all of that on the Albemarle County YouTube page. The next public hearing for the RST project is to go back before the Planning Commission on June 15th. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a little bit quicker than recent episodes. And uh, we'll try to get another one out tomorrow. It has been a very busy week with all sorts of things going on, and there's lots to sift through. And so if you want to hear the next one, just wait. It's going to come by fairly soon. If you'd like to support this program, just a quick note to remind you that if you subscribe through Substack, the company Ting will match whatever you set up. So if you do $5 a month, they'll match that. $50 a year, they'll match that. $200 a year, they'll match that too. There is an extra series of perks that comes along with a $200 a year, and that's really a good way to show your signaling for this version of local journalism. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I will be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, Stay safe out there and enjoy this day if you can.